1: know who runs the route, but now it's time.
0: But now
2: it's time to dive into the guys throwing the ball. Welcome to QB Class. Presented by Reception Perception. Here's your host, Zach Miller and Derek Klassen. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the QB Class show. I'm Zach Miller here with my co-host, Derek Klassen. If you tuned in last week, you know we are starting on quarterback profiles for the 2024 NFL Draft. Last week's episode was on Caleb Williams, so if you didn't listen to that, go ahead and pause right now, go back, listen to that one first, and then come over here. But today we're going to be going over Michigan's star quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, probably the best quarterback they've had in the last, I don't know, how long? When's the last time Michigan had a first-round quarterback? Do you even
1: first round I don't know I, I was gonna say Ever? the last major one was probably like Brady but he went in the six yeah round, well the so. last <laughs> major one that panned out
2: most certainly Brady um so we're just for the sake of it the last good Michigan quarterback since Tom Brady so that we've seen so far so today we're gonna be looking into some of his charting that we do here reception perception uh discussing what Derek saw on the film what he does good what he does bad our expectations in the draft and so after that, I'm going to hand it off to you, Derek. Give me kind of an intro to what you've seen on this
1: guy. JJ McCarthy is OK. I want to start off by saying when I first started watching McCarthy um, a little bit over the summer and then earlier this year, I was like, I don't get it, man. Like he it just looked very it looked almost identical to what Zach Wilson was doing with the New York Jets, like in terms of like the structure, of the offense, some of the throws that he's willing to make some of the ways that they scramble, all that sort of stuff, I was like, man, I don't like this. But the more I started watching his film and the more I got into charting him, I could start to see the pathway for like a functional kind of good NFL quarterback. I think he's interesting because a lot of people talk about him like he's this like high ceiling, like a ton of untapped potential. Oh, he's super young, blah, blah, blah. I don't really get that to me. I, I think he's more of like, uh he's like a a Shanahan bot in like beta testing right now, um, where I I think a lot of his best traits are like, he's really good at operating with like pre-snap leverage. And like, if you give him pre-snap indicators, they do this little like motion, like yo-yo motion back into the flat all the time that gives him indicators. And he's really, really good at operating with that. Um, If he sees certain leverages with the safeties, like pre-snap and they don't do anything post-snap, um, he typically can can make the right throw and, and put it where it needs to be, and I think he's good with that type of stuff. Really good at throwing over the middle of the field. Um, that you know, we'll get into the accuracy charting a little bit. His accuracy charting over the middle is not that good, but anecdotally, when I watch him, I think those are his best throws. When he's throwing like digs, uh, seams, some of the intermediate crosser stuff, like throws where he can kind of just go pin it um, to a spot, I think are, are are a lot of his best throws, especially over the middle, because I think. The way that he throws and where he gets velocity, I think, works better over the middle of the field. Um, so to me, he kind of is like one of those like Shanahan bots. And you like, you can do the bootleg stuff. You can incorporate a little bit of run game with him. Um, that, that to me is more where I think he's going to be. So I think some of the people, you know, getting super excited about, oh, you can take him top eight. And he's super toolsy and he's super young. I, I don't know if I'm all the way there, but I do see a pathway where he's like a pretty functional NFL quarterback.
2: Yeah, I think as I worked through the film, um, I I on the same page as you I was like, I understand it. And looking at it like retrospectively, I think the top ten aspect of it might be a little overblown. We are in a quarterback needy league, so it very well could happen. But like you said, it's a lot of it is like projections of like, hey, this is a young toolsy guy, like he has so much room to improve. And we say that because he didn't have the opportunity in michigan to necessarily show a lot of that and i think innate nature is to expect that the things we didn't see are automatically going to be good once he gets to the nfl i think that's kind of an irresponsible way to look at it it's like we haven't seen it it may be good it may be bad we're not sure and that's like the excitement level is like oh maybe we could coach him up to this maybe he can get to that level and i get the excitement because he's six three two hundred pounds um Kind of ridiculously fast for that as well i his straight line speed is something that stood out to me a lot watching it where you said he's active in the run game he can make those plays but just because it's a possibility doesn't necessarily mean that's what we're going to get with him and i think that's a little bit of the scary part for me with jj mccarthy is just because there is optimism and upside because we didn't get to see the full like he only threw for 2700 yards during the season and we didn't really get to see everything I think that gives me a little bit of hesitation, excitement, but also hesitation of, I don't necessarily believe what we haven't seen is just automatically going to be good out of a quarterback. I think I'm a little more pessimistic. I'm a little worried that what we haven't seen could be bad. Who knows? I don't want to take the risk. So I, I'm in agreement with you that I'm not sure I, I think the top 10 potential is worthy in the mock drafts because of how quarterback needy some teams are. It may end up happening. Uh, I'm not sure I necessarily think that's the right decision, but we could, we could see it with JJ McCarthy.
1: Yeah. And I tend to agree with the idea that like, you know, he's just like, how do I put this? Like, because we haven't seen it Yeah, I, I think to your point, because we haven't seen it, a lot of people are very willing to say, you know, project that he can go do it where I run into trouble with that is I think that's a perfectly fine line of thinking for freak of nature's like Josh Allen. Anthony Richardson last year, Justin Herbert, to a degree where he kind of looked worse his last season and in inconsistent processor in college, all that sort of stuff. I think it's a perfectly fine line of thinking for those guys, because the payoff is you have a quarterback who can go win the MVP. That That's the payoff. To me, the issue where I run in that with McCarthy, and this is the issue I kind of had with um, Zach Wilson, is that it's he kind of more has like B, B minus tools. Um, which are more than good enough to be a functional NFL starter. Don't get me wrong. But it's not in the same tier of, of those like home run swings where you're swinging on a Josh Allen, you're swinging on an Anthony Richardson. It's just the, the payoff you're going to get from this is probably... More realistically, like quarterback ten, like at, at the absolute peak. Whereas with a guy like Richardson or Josh Allen, the peak is like literally best in the league outside of Patrick Mahomes. So that to me is where I I struggle with the the, the line of thinking that that some people have with him.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, talking a little bit of kind of what you're saying, like pro comparisons, I I finished walking out of his film um, and really took a look at it, like from a physical standpoint, what I saw. My closest comparison for him ended up being Jordan Love coming out of Utah just because I think they had very similar issues to me where I was like, they have a lot of zip on the ball, but that doesn't necessarily translate to being a good deep passer. And I imagine we're going to talk about that a little bit later of, I I heard a little bit of buzz about JJ McCarthy. Like he has a really strong arm. I agree with that at some point. Like he does have a strong arm. I think he can make throws across the field, but a lot of that comes from like He zips stuff across the middle. Like I'll give it to him. Like his his on a rope passes are crisp. Usually a really tight spiral, and it goes from A to B fast. He really likes to get it to the guy as quick as possible, and I I really respect that. But when you see him kind of on the deeper intermediate fields where you need a touch pass, where you're putting a little bit air under the ball, I feel like he loses a lot of that accuracy. That uh, was similar to what. Jordan Love was coming out of college where it was like he could put it to A and B, but when you need those touch passes, when you're floating it in between a cover two on the boundary with JJ McCarthy, that's where I started to see a lot of inconsistencies where it would either be overthrown or dangerously underthrown, um, bailed out a little against some college cornerbacks that don't turn around when they're defending a wide receiver. But I, that's where I started to see some holes in his game where I said, yes, he is accurate. And when he's placing those zip balls across the middle of the field, I think he did a really good job of throwing it to good areas, which is something you like to see out of a prospect where he's throwing the ball low to the right when the cornerback is on the back left shoulder. Like I was seeing that placement on the middle of the field throws where it's like, okay, he's protecting his wide receiver. He's protecting the ball on these throws. But then again, on the flip side, he's struggling throwing players open. He's not leading receivers all that often, not creating a bunch of opportunity for yak for his receivers. He's more of like a... I'm putting this ball in your chest, I'm putting this ball where it needs to be, and you're going to catch it and go down, um, which is is fine. But speaking to a little bit about what you said of the like upside, you're not shooting for the moon with that. You're just kind of going to get the job done.
1: I agree with everything you said about his ball placement, and that's really my biggest issue that I have with him. Um, Like you said, he's a really good spot thrower, like especially over the middle, because middle of the field throws more often than not are just spot throws Um, like you're trying to hit landmarks. Everybody's trying to hit a landmark and you're throwing it there. And then to your point, he does have a couple of flashes where he will protect his receiver or put it in like a really nifty spot. And actually, one of the clips I'm going to pull up at the end of the show is kind of speaking to that. Um, But the issue is, like you said, he cannot get the ball over defenders so especially if he's if he's trying to throw like a corner route um those are a big time issue for him um sometimes if he needs to throw like a sail route same thing sometimes if he just needs to throw a nine ball like he's throwing them like they're lasers and he doesn't have the the ability to get arc under the ball and i think that's a huge issue for him so it 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 reminds me jordan love coming out of utah state is actually a good one it reminds me a lot too of current baker mayfield baker mayfield definitely has this quality to him where he can spin the hell out of the football especially if he's just like rifling it over the middle, but because he's a thrower where it like takes everything in his body to get that. And I think JJ McCarthy is very much the same way you kind of like trade getting the velocity for having control of your arm. And I think that's kind of JJ's issue now. And maybe he goes down the path of Jordan love where he adds a little bit of weight, adds a little bit more flexibility and he kind of gets to that point where he can add touch on the ball maybe he just ends up in the baker mayfield area where like this is just never something that becomes a big part of his game so that's kind of my my worry with him and i i probably lean towards the baker side specifically because jj mccarthy is so so skinny that it would take a lot of of weight and muscle to get him to a point where i think he doesn't need to put everything into his body into a throw um like I think him being like 202 or whatever, I think that's a bold-faced lie, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. I think Michigan is not being serious with that way. And so we'll see what he is in the combine. But
2: I'm 202. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, so that that's that that would kind of be my issue there. But I, I think everything you said about the way he where he gets the ball is perfectly on point. No,
2: well, taking a look a little bit deeper into these charting numbers, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about his like 20 plus down the field area um because I think that's a it's a little bit of a point of confusion with his charting profile if like what we're talking about before where we're saying like hey like he's having trouble making these deep passes putting the ball like air under the ball doing that and then you're going to look at this chart and be like okay why is that his second best area of the field like other than the line of scrimmage like when you're looking at his deep passes how does that mesh? You know, like, how do you have really good success rate from 20 plus yards? But also, if you look at his route percentage chart, like his nine success rate is super low, but his corners are both fine. Um, so kind of explain that a little bit for us.
1: So I think the biggest issue with McCarthy is that um, when he's throwing like a pure nine ball outside the numbers, he struggles with it. Because like I said earlier, he throws everything like it's a javelin, like he's just trying to throw it straight into the receiver's hands. And it's like, that's not how that route works. You need to put some air onto the ball and let him go get it. So I think that's why his like specifically his nine ball thing comes up pretty poor in the um in the, the specific route charting, even though like his deep outside the numbers stuff is not that bad. The reason why his like outside the numbers stuff gets inflated a smidgen is just because like some of the stuff that he was able to do off off script, some of the like super deep sale routes that they ran in this offense, which I swear to God were open every single time, some of that stuff kind of inflated it a little bit and got him up to where he needed to be. Um The other thing is when he's throwing down the field, he's a lot, a lot, a lot better uh, throwing in between the numbers where he just has to like rip a post down between two safeties, same thing with like deep seam throuts. Um, those are kind of more where he, I think, I think he's more effective just throwing between the numbers. Cause I think when you start to put the ball outside the numbers, you kind of need to get a little bit more on it and get more air when you're throwing be- between the numbers. I think there's a little bit more freedom to just like rip it and try to get it to the spot. And I think that's why he's, he's better in those, in those spots.
2: And then let's talk about something that I think he did really good. Um, watching his games at Michigan, uh, we talked a little bit about like kind of his pre-snap motions, um, him able being able to read defenses on a certain level. Um, personally, one of the things that I saw that he did really well was not only identifying blitzes, but when I saw him being blitzed, he was doing really well, and that was reflected in his charting numbers as well. He had a sixty-four point two percent pressure success rate, which. At this point in time, no spoilers, is the second best in the class so far. Um, and also just anecdotally, a really good number for a quarterback to have. Oftentimes when I'd see an, an edge linebacker blitz, a slot corner blitz him or a safety blitz him, he immediately is looking to wherever the blitzer came from. It's like that blitzer didn't really exist in his mind, but he is like, where is the hole on the field that he came from? And he has the arm strength and really quick release to hit that part of the field, which is, is an impressive trait to have. Uh, he's not really having to take time to read the defense or the safety or the zone, whatever. He's just kind of identifying that blitz and going through it. But that's a really strong point to have in your game. Um, Is that something that you see reflected in the charting as well?
1: Definitely. I, I mean, I, th- I think it's a little bit trickier to see in the charting because like pressure stuff is not necessarily the same as like getting blitzed, like all that, all that jazz. But I do think when I watched him on film, that was 100% where I thought, you know, some of his best stuff came like. Like you said, pre-snap when he's identifying blitzes, I think he does a pretty good job. There's a clip against Iowa, I think from 2022 actually, um where he just gets pressure straight down the pipe, completely unblock- unblocked pressure rips the slant and replaces it anyway. There's a it clip takes against a lick on that throw. Too. Yeah, just absolutely popped, bro. That that is the other thing about McCarthy. McCarthy's well-being is like second to the good of the team. Like he he will make the throw that he needs to make even if it means just getting absolutely completely depleted. Um, so I do appreciate that about that about him. Um, there's even a clip like against Ohio state. I can't remember if it was this year or last year. Um, but he gets like six, seven man pressure and just rips an uh, isolated curl route, um, that he knows has leverage. Um, and then a lot of the stuff, I, I think the offense does help him a lot. Like they do a lot of, uh, they do a lot of motion. They specifically do this motion where they'll have their Z motion in motion back out. And it's kind of just a really easy man zone tell. Um, and I think he generally does a really good job of, of understanding, like what that is presenting to him, like what that, what the defense has to show him with that and making the right throw, I think. And then he actually, the other thing I'll say, he actually does a pretty good job, like based on certain leverages, pre-snap, like there's a clip I think against, I want to say it was TCU last year in the playoff where, um, they're, they're in like a two high shell, and the safety like kind of he starts outside leverage and then he inches into inside leverage like before the snap. JJ sees it, just rips a corner out because obviously, if safety's playing inside leverage now you can throw the corner outside. Just stuff like that where he like pre-snap can pretty clearly get it. I do have some concerns about like where he's at post snap in terms of seeing things and speeding things up, but he's he's twenty one years old, so like I'm not gonna like completely kill him for that at this stage.
2: definitely with his like pressure and to what you're talking about where the offense helps him uh we he had a really high out-of-pocket rate throw as well um i guess not really high but a really high success rate a lot of it reminded me of what we saw last year from the giants with brian Dable and daniel jones where he has a really high out-of-pocket success rate because these throws are like really easy tailored to like he's it's a bootleg out to the right you have a wide receiver cutting across the field against a linebacker like he's got three to four yards of space on this throw and give jj mccarthy's credit he's putting that on a dot on his chest within 0.5 seconds like it's rifling to this receiver um but that's a lot of how michigan ran their offense to where you have that motion pre-snap or these bootleg like rpo type stuff to where it's they're not sorry RPO is the wrong um, but bootleg throws where he's running out of the pocket and kind of creating that success rate not a knock on him but it's hard to understand of kind of how that would translate if he is not in that offense in the NFL Um, if you're if you're sitting him pure shotgun he has to read the defense secondary to it like you like you said it's not that we're not sure he can do that because there's been flashes of him not doing it well flashes of him doing it okay it's just we didn't get the opportunity to see it we didn't really get to see it because of how Michigan runs their offense and that that worries me a little bit um talking about his straight line speed this is something that was kind of glaring to me too he could beat defenders to the edge really really easily he's kind of wicked fast I think for his build and how he looks on the field and when the pocket breaks down he he gets out and can just bullet down the field which is Impressive and I think one of the reasons people say like he's a really good athlete what I didn't see from his film which was really interesting for that is his pocket maneuver maneuverability just kind of wasn't there and I I think for someone with like like that athleticism that quickness agility you expect to see that a little bit more where you're like okay move up in the pocket reset the pocket. I didn't see that a lot like he's not necessarily like a scrambler in the way that josh allen mahomes are it kind of felt like once the pocket died down or even sometimes when it didn't and he felt like it died down i don't know if i really saw that he was using his legs to extend a play more as like plays over i'm running like i didn't see a lot of like the <laughs> i'm gonna scramble extend the play and go it was like once he was out of the pocket he's gone he's not trying to throw anymore um and that that's something where wherever like Okay, that's something he's going to need to work on in his game to be able to improve because at the NFL level, he's probably not going to be running as much as he was at Michigan, which still wasn't a lot, but it's like you do have that straight line speed. Maneuver your pocket, get out, and then bring your eyes back down the field. like Make that second read because someone's open. A lot of the plays I'd see him running, I'm like, you have a wide receiver. You have a tight end here. Instead of getting three to four yards and they clocked, you could get 10 to 12 yards and move with the chains
1: that that's one of those things where i honestly wonder like what they're coaching him to do because i do think there are certain cases where guys are just told to be to be like if plays over, just go like you watch okay. Jaden Daniels and we'll get we'll get to him in a couple weeks. weeks. Uh, that's very obviously, I think what they were telling him It's like if first, second thing isn't there, just go like, don't worry about trying to make a play outside the pocket, trying to, you know, throw on the run, all that stuff. Like literally, you're the best athlete on the field. Just go. I wonder if there's some of that with um, McCarthy. And the reason I say that specifically is like the offense is built to like choke you out. The offense is built to run the ball. It's built to hit you with, um, you know, certain play action shots, especially over the middle, but they're built to be ruthlessly efficient. You know what could really ruin that? Making stupid plays outside the pocket. <laughs> and so I, I think there was probably some degree of, of, of Harbaugh and the coaching staff being like, all right, when you, when you get outside the pocket, just try to, you know, run and get what you can. And there are still flashes of him making really impressive throws outside the pocket. Um, and even like some very rare flashes of him making adjustments inside the pocket but to your point it's not something that he did very consistently it was was a lot more of like I'm just gonna take off and again probably not something he's gonna do as much in the NFL because one I think athletes are gonna catch up to him a little bit he's still gonna be a good athlete but not the same degree that he was in college but also like you cannot be taking hits like that at 200 pounds like (laughs) so I I think that's just gonna be the the reality for him I think this is something he could learn but but to, you know kind of to what we were speaking about earlier about like projecting things that we haven't seen that much I, I think you have to be a little bit scared about that with him
2: I think it's a great point too of when you're valuing quarterbacks and a lot of times people don't understand this is it's different from other positions with like a wide receiver or a running back where you're like oh he hit the hole he got open uh, it's it's different with the quarterback because you don't know what this offense is asking him to do all the time so it's hard to make that judgment call of like, Oh, he's not doing this. He's, he could have done that. We don't know what they're asking him to do in this offense every play. We don't know what Jim's over there speaking to him in a headset. So it's like, it's a great point to bring up to where it's hard to evaluate that when you're not exactly sure. So we can only evaluate what we're seeing. Um, and out of the pocket, I didn't even think about that to where it's like, yeah, maybe he's booking it because they're like, don't throw it. Don't, don't even bother. Just get right. the five yards. Um, the in the pocket like, stuff.
1: I was just going to say, it's like the opposite of Caleb, where like Caleb is playing on a team that is asking him to do everything and they're playing with a defense that that cannot stop allowing touchdowns. So like they're kind of more willing and more almost forced to let Caleb just go do stuff outside the pocket. I think uh, Drake may at North Carolina kind of had the same thing to him where like they're more willing to lean into the volatility because they kind of have to where at Michigan we're like. Your defense is allowing 12 points a game or whatever and you're just running the ball on everybody why would you risk making plays like that outside the pocket just get to get to second and eight and we'll figure it out
2: not to mention his offensive line at michigan was like a brick wall off like i'm looking at him and one of the things i brought up was his pocket maneuverability where once he had his feet set he didn't really move a lot he didn't step up and like reset his feet Half the time, he doesn't have to. I'm watching this man stand in one spot for like eight seconds and his O-line is just holding up. I was like, this is crazy. I I worry, I mean, it's hard because like I worry about that adjustment to the NFL. Like if you get drafted by one of these top 10 teams, they probably don't have an O-line like Michigan had. They're not holding D-ends like that. But at the same time, I have no idea how he would adjust because we just didn't see it that much. He was really great under pressure when he was. And when he wasn't, Yeah, he's got like four feet between his D end because his offensive line is just a tank. So it's hard to fully evaluate that. I do would have liked to see him step up in the pocket more and use his legs to adjust it. But we've talked about a couple of times. He didn't have to. We haven't seen that from him. and And when he was under pressure, I liked what I saw. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel necessarily about that.
1: I mean, I I do think that one is like the toughest part of uh, his evaluation, not to invoke Zach Wilson again, but Zach Wilson also like never played in NFL pockets that was way more extreme because that BYU offensive line was insane. And also they were playing a fake schedule, at least with McCarthy. You do get like some pretty serious reps every now and then because, you know, they're playing in the big 10 and and those dudes, they they can get after the passer at some point. Um, But yeah, again, it's, it's, you don't see it to the same degree that you see it with Caleb or Drake um, or some of these other quarterbacks.
2: Well, let's talk about moving to the NFL because that's where he's at this year. Um, I'm seeing mock drafts left, right, and center of him being not only a top 20 pick, but now moving into the top 10. Partially, I think that's just because teams need a quarterback and he is going to be near the top of the class. I think you have a pretty clear cut tier, but JJ's moving into that. Scouts seem to love him. Um He's getting glowing reviews from Jim Harbaugh. Moving into the NFL, I would and I, I say this about a lot of quarterbacks and my girlfriend makes fun of me for it sometime. But I think every quarterback coming out of college, the NFL could benefit from six to seven games on the bench before he even starts a game. They're not going to get that, especially like Caleb's not going to get that. These top three picks, they're just not going to get that. But I, I do think they could all benefit from it. But more than anybody else, I think JJ would benefit from the Jordan Love treatment where it's like. Maybe not as long as Jordan Love had where he's not playing for three years, but I worry if this guy gets drafted to a team that needs him to start week one, that it could really stunt his development. Um, so I I would really, really be looking for him to be drafted in that like 10 to 20 range because I think there's a lot of teams there that would actually be like a really good fit for him. Um, but more importantly than that, would be able to sit him for like six to seven games before he really has to start because they could develop him at an NFL speed, kind of get him those reps that he hasn't gotten at Michigan where a lot of the touch passes, the passes where he's putting air under the ball. It's just practice. Like he needs to be getting those reps to get the improvement on there. And if you're not getting those reps, you're not getting in sync with your wide receivers, your tight end, the flow of the offense, then it's not going to come. So who are you looking at for the nfl like where do you best see jj fitting into
1: i think if i could just personally pick a a spot to put him and i think gives him the best chance of working out it's minnesota um especially actually i will say contingent on the fact that they bring kirk cousins back for a year so that to your point jj doesn't have to play um for the entire season i like i think if kirk is there it wouldn't be a six seven game thing i think kirk would obviously hold the job for the entire season. Um, But I think that's good for McCarthy. I think it's good for a number of angles. One, you know, we've talked about, you know, the the Shanahan-esque offense. And I think Kevin O'Connell kind of falls into that, into that bucket. So I think just in terms of the way the offense is designed, it would be good for him. They obviously have skill talent between Hawkinson, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, which I think is nice. I would like if their interior offensive line was better, but uh, you know maybe between the year that he's on the bench, they can figure that out. Um, but then, yeah, be, being able to sit him, I think would be um, would be great because I think the burden that he's going to have on him is is going to be a lot heavier in the NFL than it ever was in the college game. And to your point, I think it would help him, you know, give him some time to add some weight, maybe, um, and and really, you know, kind of hone in on what he wants to be able to to get done. When he's throwing outside the numbers and trying to get touch under the ball so i think that is like the best spot of marrying a team that kind of has enough for him to produce but it can also sit him and doesn't actually need him to play right away and then just has like an offense that i think fits his skill set so that would be my ideal spot i don't know if he's gonna get there
2: you know i've seen him mocked there quite a bit um earlier and i was always super hesitant of it um but I'm I'm with you actually if they bring back Kirk for a year and then draft him that changes my entire outlook on his position with the Vikings because then I feel like he gets a time sitting one behind a quarterback who I think he kind of plays similarly to early stage Kirk Kirk has developed a lot of his game um, Mm -hmm. of the touch passes but before when you're watching him with Washington he did a lot of the same things where he's rifling that ball in the short areas of the field even the deep like corners and everything like it's getting put on a line. Um, I would love to see that with Minnesota I think that's a great spot and if he has that time to sit even better Um, some of the teams that I thought immediately watching his game in Michigan's I thought new look Raiders um, Luke Getze really strong run attack they obviously need a quarterback I think that would be the worst of his fits of the teams I want just because they are going to throw him in the starting lineup right away Um, so that would be a little bit of a bummer the three teams I would actually love to see him go to uh, Seahawks Rams and Broncos all three of those teams I think would be good fits for him specifically the Seahawks Rams Rams is a bit of a pipe dream because I just don't think that's how they're going to use their first first round pick in all these right years. <laughs> but if he gets to sit behind Matt Stafford and then walk into the Rams offense with just a really good system I think that'd be great for his development um, similar with the Seahawks I think Gino still has ball left in him. You probably imagine you are in the same page with that. But if he could sit a year behind Gino, walk into that offense is going to be loaded. He'll have, uh, DK Metcalf still sitting there. He'll still have Jackson Smith and Jeepa. I imagine Lockett will be gone by that time. But a good offensive ecosystem. And then Broncos. Sean Payton loves himself a white quarterback. I think it going to fit like it just it just checks out. Um, there's been some reports of Sean Payton liking what he's seen from JJ. And also he could just run a system that Sean Payton wants There's quick throws, the play action passes, the letting the run game dictate the offense. Uh, I could see all of those being fits as well. But more yeah, importantly, I- give him time. Just wherever he goes, just please give him time. Just let him sit for a little bit.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. I, mean Rams, Rams. I would love like that's the more like far out dream that I would have is. Uh, I think that would be a good spot for him. Hawks, I do think makes a ton of sense because Geno's just in a, a weird spot where he's good, but also like doesn't have a very long track record and also is on the older side. He's also not somebody you're going to pay fifty million dollars. He's just in a very awkward spot. So I would get them wanting to do that. And then the Broncos, I think, I think McCarthy actually does make a lot of sense there for Sean Payton because I think a lot of the stuff they do specifically in the quick game uh McCarthy would I think handle that pretty well better than Russell Wilson did um for sure I think it would be closer to like a souped up version of what Teddy Bridgewater did in New Orleans if that makes sense I think it would be kind of be closer he to does. that yeah um but I think that would absolutely still work so I like all those spots with again the caveat he, this is going to take time I think with him I, I don't think he's going to come in right away and blow it up
2: yeah I think if we're going to get the best version of JJ McCarthy he needs time to get to that um and for his sake i hope we get that and we won't really be able to know until we get to find out how teams think of him and see how the draft lands out great episode man i appreciate you coming on here um look to the site for some more charting jj mccarthy's profile is going to drop as soon as this show drops so if you're listening to this it's on the website go take a look at it We'll be coming back with these after the combine, which Derek is going out to. So even some more first sight insight on some of these guys. We'll get to have a little bit more opinions. Uh, We'll be moving on to new quarterbacks when he comes back from that. Shouldn't be too much a gap between those episodes. If you haven't already, check us out on YouTube as well, uh, because we'll be doing breakdowns of film, showing you visuals of these graphics and some of the charting. So go check us out there. Until then, we'll see you guys next time.